0: The fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy in General.
0: Welcome, welcome. We're here again
1: yep <laughs> all right
0: you always have to make it so awkward I,
1: I don't know I have to have the last welcome word you know oh, okay yeah yep yep right right oh okay <laughs> uh we were just chatting because we actually both well you work year-round uh, yes I don't. And I just went back to work this week. And let me tell you, it is a hard knock life.
0: Oh, all bad. (laughs) Wow. You know, if you roll
1: your eyes like that, they'll get stuck there.
0: That's what my (laughs) mother tells me.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Waking up to an alarm is probably one of the worst things in modern day, you know,
0: agreed. Totally agreed. Sometimes I have to work nights and the benefit of working nights is I don't have to wake up to an alarm.
1: I mean, that would be nice.
0: I just wake up when I wake up. Cause I, I'm never going to sleep until, you know, I have to go to work when I'm working nights. So
1: you're not going to sleep like seven to six thirty PM like 7 a.m. to 6 30 p.m.
0: 11 and a half hours.
1: I don't even know if I've ever slept that long period except for when I was a baby.
0: Yeah. I cannot
1: sleep that long.
0: I generally can't either. I usually sleep about six hours, seven hours, eight if I'm just feeling if it's real crazy.
1: Yeah, I shoot for six. That's always my like target, you know, like when should I go to bed? Cause I'm going to wake up at this time. I always shoot for six
0: hours, Mm -hmm.
1: but you should get eight.
0: You should. best. Another thing I hate about alarms is you set them because you have to make sure you're up by a certain time to get to work, but eventually your body gets trained, but you still have to set the alarm anyway to make sure, but your body trains itself and there is nothing I hate more than waking up about 15 minutes before my alarm is supposed to go off. I know. I could have gotten 15 minutes more sleep.
1: And then you like actually try to fall asleep.
0: Yeah. You're like, oh, well, my alarm's not going off yet. So I am going to roll back over.
1: But then if you happen to actually doze off and then your alarm goes off, then you feel awful.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. One of the worst feelings ever. Yeah.
1: It's never a good, never a good choice to have an alarm period. Agree. But one of the best feelings is that when you wait, when you do wake up and then you not with the alarm on your own and you're like, gosh, it's going to be like five minutes till my alarm. And it's like three hours away.
0: That is fantastic.
1: That's a wonderful feeling.
0: That is a great feeling. You're <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I have the whole night left yeah. sleep.
1: I can do like three more REM cycles, you yeah. know? I mean, it does, it feels good.
0: It does feel good.
1: You have to look for the small things, you know? You really do. Yeah.
0: To survive that daily grind. It's the yeah. small things that matter.
1: Like waking up three hours before your alarm. Hmm. Oh, yeah I'm afraid also that I don't have any good food to share this week do you
0: uh, for dinner today I had a meatball sandwich Ugh. which was pretty delicious okay not a fan
1: like with marinara sauce on it or what
0: yeah it was from an Italian restaurant
1: oh what kind of oh.
0: bread,
1: what kind of bread was it?
0: Uh, whatever sourdough or whatever.
1: Oh, okay. Like a I,
0: like a like a sub like sandwich.
1: Your, oh, okay. Yeah, I just don't like Italian food that much.
0: That is so sad.
1: Except calzones, that's delicious. Okay. So,
0: my friend had a calzone.
1: Oh well, there you go. What kind?
0: Calzones from this particular restaurant that were so enormous. Really? Yeah, I guess, you know, you could theoretically save some, but I always was raised, you got to clean your plate. And so I always clean my plate. (laughs) So I make sure now I just order reasonable portions of food.
1: You order with your brain and not your heart.
0: Exactly. (laughs) What's the expression um my eyes were bigger than my stomach?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Like you see a ton of food and you're like, "Oh my gosh, i like all of that." <laughs> you get about halfway into it and you're just absolutely miserable. <laughs> just miserable. Mm-hmm. The
1: worst. Yep. But you
0: exactly. got to fi- I, I got to finish. I don't like taking leftovers home. Got to finish that plate.
1: I I like it if it will make an actual meal the next day, you know? Okay for example, when I go and get a Calzone from Frigatti's, a restaurant yes. here in town, indeed, I know that I will be actually more than full with half of it, and so yeah. then the other half I know is going to be my lunch the following day.
0: Okay, so do you get the Alfredo one?
1: Yes. <laughs> Deluxe as well with the extra cheese and sauce on top.
0: Oh, like it's like almost like a wet calzone. Yeah. With all that sauce and extra melted cheese.
1: I'm thinking about it. Oh, dear. Yep. There it is. Yep. I can almost (laughs) taste it.
0: Oh, dear. Okay.
1: And I really do want it right now because I'm I don't like to say I'm on a diet because I'm not. I'm just back to eating how I should. Right. You know,
0: that's a difficult thing to do, though, after you've been on vacation and eaten whatever you want. Yeah. For a week.
1: Yeah. So, well, it's been longer than a week. I've been justifying it for quite a while.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's hard. To, it's really hard to get back into the swing of things after yeah, but- you've not had the discipline.
1: Yeah no that's very true very true um well anything new for you
0: um i don't think so um i'm trying to think if there's anything new fantasy related
1: i know me too
0: um not that i can think of
1: yeah i don't think there's much new this week really Not that I've heard, at least.
0: Not that I've heard either. Um, Not
1: that I've seen. So pretty uh, standard week for all things fantasy. We did get an email, though.
0: We did get an email. That's right.
1: We did. Uh, We got an email from our friend Colin.
0: Longtime original figgy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Got Got some fig mail, people
0: fig mail fig mail check out the fig mail
1: there we go all right well welcome to fig mail yes do you have it pulled up or would you like me to read it
0: i do have it pulled up
1: oh okay go for it
0: okay let me bring my computer in a little bit closer here it says dearest spider and domino yes i personally refuse to admit that there is a fourth indiana jones movie but I'm also old and curmudgeonly great word
2: yes um, love that
0: they got my hopes up so high with bringing back Karen Allen who plays Marion Ravenwood and having Kate Blanchett as the villain mm-hmm. the fridge plus Shia LaBeouf ruined it for me mm. uh, the fridge meaning when the nuclear explosion goes off and Indy hides in a lead-lined refrigerator that gets launched like a mile and survives (laughs) um
1: just a little bit too much
0: yeah (laughs) plus he says the skull slash aliens also looked silly to me for the longest time i disliked temple of doom but i enjoyed it much more on a recent rewatch one bit of trivia that helped me make the darker tone of the movie make sense was that george lucas had just gotten divorced and Steven Spielberg had just ended a long relationship as they started working on the movie. And it is signed, Bandit Smith. (laughs) Which to me suggests that is the name of his first dog.
2: It
1: is, yes. Or
0: first pet.
1: First pet, yeah. I guess it doesn't have to be a dog, but yeah.
0: You are named after the dog.
1: (laughs) Um. Yeah, if you write in, go ahead and give us your uh what do we call your it? Indie name. Your indie name? Yeah.
0: Your Indiana Jones name.
1: Yeah, there you go. There You're you the, go.
0: Your first name is now the name of your first pet.
1: Yes, so I will forever be Spider.
0: And I Domino.
1: And that's how we will address each other from now on. Is it No, probably not. It probably won't even last half this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. It probably will stop right now.
1: Uh, yeah, the end. Uh, no, thanks for writing in, Bandit. Uh, we, I mean, I, I get it. What What do you think? I mean, he's kind of disenchanted with the idea of another Indiana Jones movie
0: well you mean in future indiana jones movie
1: oh no he doesn't like okay i read it wrong the first time he doesn't admit that the fourth one is an actual one right okay
0: so here's my take on it all the indiana jones movies are at least a little bit cheesy
1: yeah and that's,
0: and that's the point okay that's how they're supposed to be Um, and something that helped me understand kingdom of the crystal skull a little bit better, and I think appreciate it a little bit more is when, you know, when writers and and film creators are coming up with a storyline, there's this thing they look for called the MacGuffin. Okay. And the MacGuffin is like the thing that the whole story sort of centers around okay the whole kind of concept and for the first three indiana jones films which are all set in the 1930s george lucas really enjoyed the adventure serials of the 1930s which is how he kind of modeled those films yeah and in trying to stay consistent with the decade that the indie movie was set in which Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is set in, I'm 99.9% sure, 1957. Okay. And what was popular in the 1950s was cheesy science fiction films. Hmm. And so Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a little bit of a cheesy adventure science fiction film.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So I don't know that they're going to... So that helped me understand it a little bit better and appreciate it. I just love seeing Harrison Ford in that fedora.
1: So you'll take anything, uh, Indy?
0: Maybe not anything. I will agree that it's not as good as the first three. I
1: okay. will agree with
0: that for sure. Okay. Um, I am not a big fan of Shia LaBeouf in the film. Yeah. Um. And... I hate... Okay, so the refrigerator scene was, was silly. Obviously, nobody could survive that. But also, I would argue, Bandit, nobody could survive an entire Nazi army shooting machine guns at them like mm-hmm. Indy does multiple times. Fair enough. He survives many things that nobody would really survive.
1: Very um, fair.
0: So that's my little argument there. The part that I didn't like the most was the stupid scene where Shia LaBeouf swings on vines with monkeys (sighs) that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life
1: stupid it was very dumb agreed that was very dumb it was almost like I mean and I don't want to blame anybody but it was almost like Shia LaBeouf was like this is a scene that I really want to do I do this or I walk you know or something like that
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Because it was just really stupid.
0: It was really stupid. Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that it was uh, enjoyable, you know, entertaining.
0: Yeah, and that, yeah, it's entertaining for sure.
1: Yeah. So, uh, no, but uh, we appreciate your email. Um, I'm, I'm sure that many people agree with Bandit in his assessment.
0: Rotten yeah. Tomatoes would say that that is correct.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, okay, here's a question for you, Don. Okay. Okay. If yes, you had to guess, give your best guess on what the next movie, what the plot line is going to be. What would you say?
0: The next Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. Guess what the plot line is going to be? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's probably going to at least have to be set in the 1960s. Okay. What's going on in the 1960s? Well, we've got JFK's assassination, we've got the Mm -hmm. civil rights movement.
1: Okay.
0: Um, what else is going on? Ooh.
1: Somebody write this down so that we can see if he's correct later.
0: Vietnam War starts in the 1960s. Okay. Yeah. Um Gosh, what, what artifact could he be going after? That's what's.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the, hmm.
2: that's
0: the thing that I'm really trying to work out. Is it going to be, I don't, well, yeah. I I mean, is it going to be an artifact that is based in history? Like, for example, the Ark of the Covenant or the Holy Grail. Yeah. Or is it going to be something completely made up? Like the crystal skull um man you put me on the spot kelsey i did not come prepared maybe Um, he's going to be searching for the secret blend of 11 herbs and spices from kentucky fried chicken
1: there you go i mean it would make a compelling (laughs) story
0: (laughs) man i'm just trying to think of some cool artifact that he hasn't gone after
1: the sorcerer's stone
0: he has gone after the philosopher's stone in books
1: well but let's do that but make it a crossover event you know
0: you want harry potter brought into this
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so in the
0: 1960s the only people that would be alive McGonagall. dumbledore Dumbledore, mcgonagall newt scamander voldemort hagrid
1: voldemort, yeah hagrid voldemort
0: Vold, Voldemort.
1: <laughs> it sounds it sounds so harsh when you say it. Cuz it's act, three syllables. I know, but you act like I clip my syllables so hard at the end. Vold-vort. Voldemort.
0: Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. Um I'm going to have to think on this. Okay. And maybe maybe I'll give
1: you 24 hours. Whoa. I'm just kidding next Give time me at least
0: until the next yeah, episode next
1: episode but you can't like well you can do research but you can't be like where's the screenplay to the next Indiana Jones movie
0: oh I'm sure that is under lock and key well
1: I know I'm just saying you can't try to find that you can't try to find it specifically you could use other clues
0: yeah okay <sighs> hmm yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think of something ancient Egyptian.
1: That'd be pretty or, that.
0: or Greek or Roman or something like that. Hmm. But I'll have to think on it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, next week.
0: Okay. It's Sounds on good. you.
1: You gotta do it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'll give you my best guess next week.
1: Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh well anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's do some quotes and boats.
0: Let's do it.
2: Oh, Quotes and boats
1: with Kelsey and Bob. All right, quoting and boating.
0: And Kelson and Bobbin.:
1: Bobbin and Kelson. Spidering okay. and
0: no. Dominant, how long are we going to keep this going?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. you ready for this one? I think so.: What is that? You gave me a look like you already know what it is.
0: No, I'm just trying to determine if this is going to be super hard or something I'm going to know right away.
1: No you'll know. Okay. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. As long as
2: you live, keep smiling because it brightens everybody's day.
0: I have no idea what that is.
1: Okay. Well, it's, it's not related to fantasy.
0: Well, that's dumb.
1: In, in light of current circumstances.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you really go there?
1: I did. I wanted is Vince, to.
0: Is it Vin Scully?
1: It is Vin Scully. Okay. Yes. I had to do it.
0: The greatest sports broadcaster of all time, Vin Scully. We've just learned as we are recording that he has passed away at the age of
1: 94. 94, guys. And how long did he... Was he a broadcaster?
0: 67 years.
1: 67 years.
0: From 1949 to
1: 2016. That's a really long time
0: to be (laughs) working.
1: to To have a job.
0: He retired at the age of... Eighty-eight. So he'd been doing it since he was twenty-one.
1: You know what I say about that? That's a big fat no, thank you from me.
0: He lived his dream. He did what oh, he. Oh,
1: oh, I know. I'm just saying. Like,
0: I mean, the guy made a living talking about baseball.
1: That's true. That's true. He. Uh, I saw another quote that was that said that he always envisioned he was talking to one person.
0: That's super cool.
1: But he didn't know who that person was. He said he never like visualized him, you know?
0: But he was just having a conversation.
1: Yep. You know what? Um, I I I loved it because one, I mean, this is everybody. Like he just had stories on stories about every player.
0: Everything. Every- he did it. He worked hard. He did research on players, so that yeah, when it, during downtime he would have interesting things to talk about.
1: Yeah, like here's a fun fact, and it absolutely was a fun fact. Yeah, you know, you it have could... you have people where you're like, okay, like knock it off. You know, it wasn't. No, he
0: he tells stories like like say for example, there's a pitcher named Joe Smith. Like he's a relief pitcher coming on to pitch or whatever. So there's a lull in the game, you know, while the pitcher's warming up and stuff like that. Vince Scully would say stuff like, and here's Joe Smith. He was a young pup. His father was a huge fan of Eric Clapton. And he would sit with his father and learn how to strum the guitar to Eric Clapton songs. And you're like, how do you know this?
1: And like, I don't know why I wanted to know that, but your voice- and your passion for it made it very like welcome in my yeah.
0: Head. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You you ate everything up, and his voice. He's had a great voice. Amazing. Perfect Amazing. announcer voice.
1: Legend forever. Mm-hmm. Who did? For uh, so he was obviously with the Dodgers for the longest.
0: Oh, yeah. He announced for the Dodgers when they were still back in Brooklyn.
1: What Did did he announce for anybody else?
0: Nope.
1: Oh, really? Oh, okay. I
0: mean, that was the only... He did announce for certain events, you know, like on NBC and CBS, but the Dodgers were the only team, specific team he announced for. Oh,
1: okay. I don't know why, for some reason, I thought there was another one. Oh, well.
0: He announced for the Dodgers all the way from Jackie Robinson to Clayton Kershaw.
1: That man wild. Like to think that he, I don't know, had a front row seat to everything, you know? Yeah. It's crazy.
0: All kinds of history, man.
1: Crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Well, RIP, Mr. Scully.
0: RIP. You've earned it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And he's with his wife again.
0: Yes. And he got to see the Dodgers win a World Series again.
1: That's very true. Very true. Yeah. Was that last year? No.
0: That was in 2020.
1: (laughs) That's right. Okay.
0: Before that, the last World Series the Dodgers had won was 1988 Before you were born.
1: That was before I was born. (laughs) Yep. That was the year my husband was born. Lucky year. So.
0: I'm looking out my window right now and there's lightning strikes.
1: Whoa, really?
0: Outside. (gasps) And I imagine that it's nature mourning the passing of Vin Scully.
1: I mean, agreed probably is. It's a big deal. That hits home a little bit, you know?
0: It's big t- I had a history teacher when I was in high school who counted he wasn't even a Dodger fan, but he uh counted Vin Scully as one of the most influential people of the 20th century.
2: No way, really?
0: Cuz he changed the way people were entertained. Okay. Cuz when he started there was no television, it was just the radio so he would paint yeah. images he would paint I mean, images with his words and he kept that throughout his career even once television became a big thing
1: yeah i mean he really did you could just close your eyes and you would know exactly what was happening you would yeah. know but not only that you would know like what you were smelling at the stadium you would not i mean yeah talented yeah.
0: there's a cool i'm going to nerd out just for a second Okay. But-
1: Nerd on, away. Baseball,
0: on baseball um <clears throat> there's a really cool documentary uh that they that was done on the fastball mm-hmm. and it's called fastball and last time i checked a couple of months ago it was free on youtube i don't know if it still is anymore okay but i highly recommend checking it out if you're a baseball fan or a sports fan it's narrated by kevin costner and he talks about all the different pitchers, like all these great pitchers known for their fastballs and stuff like that. And uh, he gets to the talking about Sandy Koufax, the legendary Dodgers pitcher Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and Sandy Koufax in his career pitched a perfect game. Yeah. Uh, Single runner got on base and it was for those who were there at the game, call it the most, unbelievable athletic performance they've ever seen and back then that game was not televised there was only a few fluttering minutes of footage from a coach who was on the dodgers who had one of the first handheld video What? and he was able to record for just a few minutes before he ran out of film
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And then Kevin Costner comes on, and uh Sandy Koufax had a <laughs> a little bit of a sacrilegious nickname, but a really cool one. Um, he was a left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. and one of his nicknames was the left arm of God. Okay. And after the footage after in the documentary, <laughs> after the footage runs out, uh Kevin Costner says, the only thing left to capture the magic of this moment uh was the golden voice of vin scully crackling over the radio Mm -hmm. and then kevin costner stops talking and vin scully comes on and he's describing everything that's going on in the game and it got to the point where sandy koufax his arm was so spent he couldn't throw a curveball anymore, nothing. He could just throw fastballs. Yeah. He was just blowing hitters away one right after another. Mm-hmm. And uh anyways, that was about it. But it was just a cool Vin Scully story that I heard from
1: No, for sure that documentary. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: Nobody can do it like Vin.
1: Nope. That's very true. Nobody, nobody has, nobody will
0: no I totally agree
1: yeah so all right well
0: anyways
1: (laughs) is it time for a boat yes it's time for a boat
0: man I got a little bit emotional a little bit choked up there
1: oh I'm sorry you okay
0: oh yeah I'm fine I'm fine I know you did dadgummit um where is it all right after that very serious talk this is so stupid um What type of boat has authority?
1: What kind of boat has
2: authority? Give me a hint.
0: It's a stupid dad joke.
1: Oh, there's something about Thor? No. Oh.
0: Interesting. Okay. <laughs> you want a place I wasn't expecting. <laughs> who? Okay. So if you were, if you work for a business, who has ultimate authority in that business? A boss. What's another name for a, a boss? CEO. Somebody, huh? CEO. Okay. Okay. Imagine not like a major corporation manager. So, somebody who who's the manager's boss who hires the manager.
2: Um,
0: Somebody's got to hire the manager.
2: The
1: I don't know who hires the manager.
0: Imagine you work for a little mom and pop restaurant. Okay. And there's a manager who runs the restaurant. Yeah. Who hired the manager?
1: The mom and pop.
0: What's another word for them? Parents. Oh my gosh, Kelsey. <laughs> In relation to the restaurant, what would they be called?
1: Owners.
0: Correct. So.
1: so what
0: kind of boat has authority? oh the owner-,
1: owner city um
0: like the owner of a business what kind of boat has authority um an owner
1: owner ship
0: yep there you go
1: ownership got it ownership. got it <laughs> I knew it right away. So,
0: yeah, I know you just you were just playing like you didn't understand what was happening.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, that was easy. So,
0: uh, yeah, I could tell that you were just <laughs> try. You the were just own. dialed in. Own the very
1: ownership.
0: Beginning.
2: So. Tough.
0: What's another name for the mom and pop parents?
2: Parents. <laughs>
0: Oh,
1: oh man all right well with that let's take a quick break
0: for a word from our sponsor
1: before we get into the meat of our episode All right and welcome back welcome back so we are in our swashbucklers series within a series yes and uh, last week we covered uh indie of course none other none other and this week we uh, are delving into a pirate in the sky
0: in the sky
1: yeah i don't know what that was (laughs) (laughs) um
0: we are i feel spoiled because this is two of my favorite things in a row
1: yeah that's true huh check you out
0: it's called manipulation
1: that's true i didn't even know it was happening to be honest with you
0: i don't know if it's impressive that i'm that good or is it scary both okay
1: yeah Little bit it can above. be
0: scary and impressive.
1: <créer noise> yeah, I guess so, right? Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, probably.
1: Um, okay, so if, uh, you know, if you know us well, then you'll know that Indiana Jones is one of Bobby's favorite things. Mm-hmm. And his second favorite thing is... Drum roll. <laughs> Firefly.
2: Firefly.
1: Uh, but we've already covered Mal.
0: We did. We covered him early on.
1: Yeah, a long time ago. And so uh, who are we covering this week?
0: Well, if we are not going to cover Captain Malcolm Reynolds, it is only fitting to cover his right-hand woman, mm-hmm. his first mate, Yes, Zoe Washburn.
1: Yes she is incredible
0: um yeah as her husband wash is his nickname wash says she is a warrior woman
1: yeah very true she's pretty
0: hardcore she's she scares pretty much everybody but mal and i think she sometimes even scares mal
1: yeah i think he's a little (laughs) bit afraid of her let's be honest let's be honest here uh okay sources for this fly for this fly for this
2: so this fly here we go getting
1: ahead of myself <laughs> uh for this episode of course the series uh our brains and firefly.fandom.com
0: yeah absolutely and the show
1: yeah yeah and the movie
0: and the movie and potentially graphic novels
1: yes uh yeah yeah you uh Yeah. A little bit.
0: And just background information given to us by, uh, oh, what's his face? I can see his face, but can't think of his name. The creator of Firefly.
1: Oh, Josh. Josh. Josh Whedon. Whedon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Josh Whedon. Yeah.
1: Yep. Very true. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. All right. So Zoe Washburn so that is not her maiden name
2: no.
1: uh how do you say her maiden name I don't know uh like Al- Aline Aline
0: Elene, Al- Elaine. I'm not quite sure
1: yeah I don't know uh anyway so she was born we know on Valentine's Day February 14th but the year 2484.
0: So over 400 years in the future.
1: Yeah. And so people 400 years from now or over 400 years from now are going to see this date and think, whoa, Zoe was born today. Yeah. Because you know who was born? I'm pretty sure it was yesterday.
0: Yesterday, July, yeah. or August 8th, August. Well, as we're recording this podcast, August 1st.
1: Or within the last week. I forget when I saw it.
0: Okay, you're already getting vague, but okay.
1: okay. Who? Guess.
0: Malcolm Reynolds? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, that's right. Yes. George, George Jetson was yes. born uh, July 31st, 2022.
1: Yeah. That's a bummer.
0: Which is wild to think that back then... People imagine that by the year 2022 we have flying cars and live in sky apartments,
1: and here we are,
0: (laughs) still on the ground. (laughs) Yeah,
1: none of that. (laughs) Uh, I guess who knows? Maybe by the time George is an adult, that'll happen. We have a good, you know, his kids are like teenagers. We have a good like thirty some years.
0: Maybe. Did you watch Jetsons the movie when you were a kid? Absolutely. I love that movie. I
1: loved that movie. <laughs> ah, so good.
0: It was good. But I'm anyways, guessing. I digress. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, he's in the sky too. So it's kind of, kind of works.
0: It's, oh, it's fantasy.
1: Yeah, it's fan. Ooh.
0: <gasps> do we do a Jetsons episode sometime?
1: I think we do. Okay. I think that that would be a treat for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In celebration of his birthday, you know?
0: Yeah. Maybe next year, a year from now.
1: Yeah. His first birthday.
0: He'll be one year old. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, going back to Zoe. Okay. Uh, so where was she born? What world was she born onto?
0: Well, Zoe was interestingly enough, actually not born on a world. mm. She does not have a homelander, home world. Interesting. She was born, quote unquote, vessel side. Mm. She was born in outer space.
1: Which maybe contributes a little bit to her uh <sighs> what word am I looking for? Not lack of allegiance, but like because she does.
0: She's a she's a wanderer.
1: Yeah, she's not tied down.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have a place that ties her to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but other than that, so we know the day she was born. And we know that she was born on a vessel. Uh, and that's it.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Which maybe is why she's so fiercely loyal to her friends. Because that's the only tie that binds her, perhaps. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: And she's going to go anywhere. Mal asked her to go. Yeah. So anyways,
1: that's true. I thought That
0: was a little bit of an interesting thought.
1: No, I like it. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all that we know about her early life.
0: Yeah, that's it. We do, she's very mysterious. Yes. Her early life is.
1: Yeah. We know nothing else. Does she have siblings? Does she not? Um, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Unclear.
1: Unclear. Okay, so we know, obviously, that she was in the military. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, big time, big time. Uh, she had a military career extensive, okay? And we know from the series that she fought in the Unification War. Yes. Um, but she did fight with the Independents, also known as the Browncoats. Indeed. Uh, Which is where, you know, that's uh, really the first scene that we see in Firefly is um, part of that war.
0: The Battle of Serenity Valley.
1: Battle of Serenity Valley. Um, And specifically uh, in the military, she fought in the 57th Overlanders Brigade as a corporal under Sergeant Malcolm Reynolds. Yep. Yeah. So, that's Which, where she yeah,
0: did That that developed their relationship, their friendship, and her being willing to follow Mal anywhere.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Okay. So we we just spoke a tiny bit about this, but let's talk about the Battle of Serenity Valley. What do we know about that one?
0: Okay. Well, yeah. As we mentioned, we, we see this. It's the very first scene of Episode One of the series. It's the Alliance, which are ultimately the victors fighting against the the browncoats or the independents. Yeah. The Alliance are trying to bring all planets under their control, whereas the independents value their freedom. Yes. And so we get to sort of the penultimate battle of this war, the, the battle that really decided the war. And that takes place in a location called Serenity Valley. Mm-hmm. It was a seven week long battle
1: that's a long one
0: so this battle was very bloody yeah very traumatizing um and following the battle she and mal were left for two weeks by themselves Mm -hmm. but were then put into camps under the charges of war crimes so they were arrested by the alliance and charged with war crimes Mm mm-hmm However, what happened to them after that?
1: Uh, so, eventually, they were freed uh, by the Alliance. They were just freed because the Alliance didn't want more conflict. They probably <laughs> thought, you guys are the only survivors. What's it going to do to keep you here, you know?
0: That's a little bit interesting, based yeah. upon what we see from the Alliance in the series.
1: No, that's, I mean, that's true, Yeah. It is. It is interesting. Yeah. That they just let them go.
0: It is. Yeah. It seems like, based upon what we know from the alliance, from the series, and the movie, it seems like they would want, just not only justice, but would want to make an example.
1: Yeah. Out yeah. of them. No. Very true. Yeah. It's. It's a, definitely a contrast to, um, to what we know.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It kind of makes
1: me feel like there's some kind of ulterior motive there.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: But I have nobody to ask, so.
0: Do you say you have nobody to ask?
1: Yeah, if that's true or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could ask Joss Whedon, but I doubt we could get him to come on the show.
1: I mean, you never know. What's he doing?
0: I don't think a whole lot lately. So. Let's shoot him an email.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Or we could shoot Nathan Fillion an email.
1: That's true. That's true too.
0: Or uh, Gina, uh, what's her name? Gina Torres is the actress that Mm -hmm. plays Zoe.
1: Yeah. Which, excellent job.
0: Gosh, we should, we need to do that. What's there to lose? The worst they can do is not respond, right? That's true. Yeah. We should definitely do that. We could
2: try. We could try.
0: (laughs) So as far as Zoe's career. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that Mal, before the war, was a rancher. Yeah, He's basically a cowboy,, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense when you see him in the films. He's kind of a gunslinger cowboy type, yeah who joins the military. Mm-hmm. and I think just probably based upon his natural leadership skills, advances to the rank of sergeant. Yeah. Um, Zoe, who becomes his right-hand woman, the person he trusts more than anybody else, unlike Mal uh was a career soldier
1: yeah and you see that contrast big time
0: okay yeah i i think i agree with you but explain what do what do you mean
1: well i mean i think that you can just tell that she is career military and mal is not um
0: yeah she's much more straight laced than mal
1: yeah she's definitely more rigid with um and, and almost more and we'll get to this more calculated she has that mindset a little bit more
0: yeah i would say so
1: Then mal does um he's
0: more tactical
1: yeah yeah
0: mal's good at planning things but sometimes it also just kind of seems like he's making it up as he goes along
1: no very true very true um okay so then after the war we know a little bit more about Zoe. So, of course, they're freed from the Alliance. And then between that and joining Malon on Serenity, uh, she joined the Dust Devils, which was a terrorist organization that fought the peacekeepers of the Alliance. So she continued on the fight. They let her go. She continued. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't going to give up.
0: And I'm sure they were branded a terrorist organization by the Alliance.
1: Oh, well, yes, definitely.
0: (laughs) They probably just considered themselves freedom fighters.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, so she was a part of that for a while. Um, But then eventually she did leave. Uh, Then what? So after her military career, after Dust Devils, then what finally happens?
0: Well, she rejoins Mal. And if I remember correctly, I think Mal is the one who reaches out to her. Mm-hmm. And Mal was her sergeant who she saw many horrors with. Yeah. Uh, stuck with through thick and thin. She respects him a great deal.
1: Well, that, uh, and that leads to a, a close bond, really.
0: When you go through things together like they went through. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty deep bond. Yeah. That develops between them. And I believe it's Mal that reaches out to her and says, "Hey, he wants to get a ship,"
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, because for Mal that represents freedom, you know, constantly being on the move, yeah, staying out of Alliance hands, and that sounds real good to Zoe, yeah. And so <laughs> Mal goes and shows her the ship that he's found, mm-hmm. and Zoe's kind of like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs>
1: what is that
0: i hope you're joking sir because and she always calls him sir yes never calls him by his name it's always sir Mm
2: -hmm. uh
0: i hope you're joking because that is a pile of garbage (laughs) he's like no it's beautiful like you gotta you gotta look past it maybe she's a little rough around the edges but you gotta look past it
1: i mean it is kind of a pile of garbage right you know what well respectfully
0: respectfully i guess so <laughs> serenity is a firefly class starship which is where it gets the show gets its name Firefly. Yes. yeah and uh zoe actually goes as far as to call serenity a death trap yes she is not convinced <laughs> that if they get on this ship they're going to survive no, takeoff
1: not in the slightest not in the slightest
2: yes,
0: yes. however it is on serenity that zoe has some really uh marquee moments in her life Mm -hmm. some major changes occur in her life yeah who does other so obviously she's with mal her Mm -hmm. sergeant her leader who's gonna she's gonna stick with through thick and thin uh but she meets somebody else yes once serenity gets up and going and who does she meet
1: my favorite (laughs) she meets wash
0: she sure does
1: yeah so she ends up meeting her husband wash on serenity Mm -hmm. um and you know this doesn't come as a surprise she didn't like him at first
0: two completely different personalities
1: you know the definitions the definition of opposites attract very much so yeah uh so a quote from her she says i don't like him just something about him bothers me
0: (laughs) (laughs) to be fair the first time she meets him he's wearing a hawaiian shirt with a really dorky mustache
1: fair enough fair enough
0: and uh wash her husband is the pilot and Mal loves him, thinks he's gonna be awesome, and Zoe's not a fan.
1: No, but I feel like um I don't how do I say this? Mal does have better gut instinct, you know. Sometimes there's such a thing as being too analytical. That's true. Because Serenity worked out, yeah, Osh definitely worked out. Uh-huh you know um and so you gotta yeah i agree you gotta look past you know the surface
0: you do i I think that mal is a little better at seeing the potential in things Mm -hmm. yeah where zoe like you said is a lot more practical and analytical
2: Yeah. yeah
0: which is good because i think she helps keep mal grounded in certain situations
1: no definitely definitely
0: but he also helps her broaden her horizons a little bit
1: Yeah. I mean, they are, they're a good, uh, they're a good duo. That's for sure. Indeed. Um, So, Wash refers to Zoe, as you said, as Warrior Woman. That's his little nickname for her and Uh uh, very appropriate. Oh, yes. Um, And they actually began to start talking about starting a family uh, before Wash's death, as we saw in the movie Serenity.
0: Yes, one of the saddest moments in film history.
1: That, I mean, that rocked me.
0: It rocked me too, because it comes out of nowhere.
1: I, yeah, I 100, I can say I 100% was not expecting that. That was rude.
0: I am like, leafy. why
1: him, you know?
0: Yeah, man.
1: You gotta yeah, ask Joss true. about that too.
0: Yeah, I might get mad if we talk to him about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, like we said, you know, Wash and Zoe are complete opposites. Okay? Uh, okay. Zoe is aggressive, dominant, much more serious. Yes. Wash is easygoing, funny, uh, even in dangerous situations. You know, the first time that we see Wash, he's playing with dinosaurs in the cockpit. Yes. Um, so curse
0: your sudden but inevitable betrayal
1: yes great line uh yeah so and the first time that we see zoe and i would guess uh, many subsequent subsequent times uh she doesn't crack a smile so uh
0: no yeah she she will crack a smile with uh with wash wash can make her laugh
1: yes oh yeah. yeah i think
0: that's one of the things about them yeah um she'll occasionally crack a smile with mal when he's being goofy but yeah sometimes she just thinks mal's being a little bit too cavalier
1: which i mean fair
0: yeah and just in case i don't know if we we cover this later in the episode uh but one of the but the reason that zoe one of the big reasons zoe makes this list of of uh swashbuckler roguish type characters yeah yeah if you haven't seen firefly uh, they are smugglers. Mm-hmm. They are essentially space pirates.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they find derelict ships and steal cargo. Uh, they do certain jobs, but they kind of have that. They're thieves with a heart of gold.
1: Yes. That Robin Hood-esque.
0: Yeah, you know? because we, yeah, absolutely. We see circumstances throughout the show where, um, you know, Zoe and others have a sort of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for a conflict or crisis of conscience
1: yes yeah
0: where they could make a decision if they do make a certain decision it's going to benefit them tremendously yeah but they see that there are other people suffering and so they're willing to give up whatever they've gained to help those people that they see suffering
1: mm-hmm. yep Yeah. yeah
0: so anyhow
1: um, what, it, what weapon does she carry?
0: So also something about Firefly. It is a space Western. Mm-hmm. So we get to see lots of cool Western <laughs> weapons used in outer space.
1: It's such a random mashup that works, you know?
0: Yes, <laughs> it really is. Like, for example, Mal carries a modified six shot revolver. <laughs> um, Zoe's weapon of choice is sort of a short barreled. 19 model 1892 winchester rifle
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's a lever action rifle okay and uh it's we see her use that pretty frequently and she's quite a good shot with it
1: yeah she's very skilled
0: <laughs> yeah you, when she has a gun pointed in your direction you take her extremely seriously
1: yes yeah and don't try to run or anything you know
0: no running will do you no good yeah she will take you out Yes. Yes. Um so let's talk a little bit about, sorry. Um, I was gonna say let's talk a little bit about more about Zoe and Mal. Yeah. Because their friendship is really a really um central part of the show.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And
0: and the loyalty they have to one another. So she obviously follows Mal as a leader, mm-hmm. but Mal relies upon her tremendously.
1: Oh, big time big time yeah
0: so what, what i feel is it like about?
1: zoe chooses to follow mal but mal needs zoe
0: i think that's fairly accurate i really yeah. do so what what are some of the things that make them that get that they have such a great partnership what is it about them that gives them that great partnership
1: Well, they really balance each other out. Um, You know, we talked a little bit before how, um, you know, Mal uh, maybe is more guided by emotions at times. And Zoe is more analytical. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say he's not very talented. He is. They just balance each other out in that way. Um, Like you said, she always defers to him, calls him sir and Mm -hmm. never under any circumstances does she disrespect him um, as her captain
0: yes even when she
1: disagrees wholeheartedly
0: and even when she does disagree with him she will she'll voice it to mal in private yes she will never question him in front of the crew no ever Mm -mm. um and when she does question him like, even when she's mad at him, because it happens sometimes. Yeah. It's always, sir.
1: Yes. Every time.
0: Every time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Yes.
1: Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, and, you know, because of, I think, the respect that Zoe gives him mm-hmm. and Mal knows that he can rely upon her in any situation, he values seems to value Zoe's opinion above anyone else. Yes, even though he may not listen at first, because like you mentioned, Mal is more guided by emotion. Mm-hmm. So there might be situations where he's upset or stubborn. Yeah, and he'll uh, kind of he'll kind of put Zoe in her place at the time, but then later on realize. Okay, Zoe, you were right. You actually gave me some good advice.
1: Yeah. 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 And there there was one time where he said that and she just says, "Thank you for saying that, sir." Yes. That's it. Uh-huh. Moving on.
0: But you can tell in her tone.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: that she's not she happy. Yeah.
1: She knows. Every they both know and that's all that needs to happen.
0: Exactly. So. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, here's a quote from the nerdsofcolor.org. Okay. Okay. Um, It says she's his conscience, his better half. She's his most loyal ally and will follow him into hell without hesitation. She rarely questions or objects to his direction, but when she does, it's for a good reason, a very good reason. Mal has lost his way and, or is in over his head.
0: I think that's a really good, I think that's really good analysis of it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes occasionally Mal bites off more than he can chew. Yes. Either because of arrogance or he's a little bit perhaps too confident in his abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Zoe keeps him grounded.
1: Yes. Definitely.
0: As best as she can.
1: Yeah. There we go. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: As best as she can, yeah um okay, so let's talk about post firefly, so a little a little bit from the comics
2: yes so well, go ahead go ahead sorry no, you go
1: ahead i f- I feel like well, our groove this episode we keep cutting each other off, we're <laughs> both so excited. I know, I know, um okay, so of course, in serenity, uh we see wash die yes. Yes. Um moment of silence. Okay. okay. Uh at that time, Zoe was unknowingly pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh we said that they had been chatting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My microphone just fell.
2: Oh. <laughs> sorry if that was
1: loud, everybody. Um so we were saying that they were chatting about possibly starting a family. Um, but she did actually end up becoming pregnant and she did not know it yet at that time man yeah it's a bummer
0: that is a bummer
1: well i mean more than that but
0: but yeah way well, yeah, out big time but she still has a piece of wash
1: yes that's true that's very true um so then what happens
0: so she gives birth to their daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and since she required treatment in a hospital, she went to, you know, a hospital on an alliance controlled,
2: mm-hmm.
0: in an alliance controlled area. And she is a wanted person. So she was subsequently arrested and sent to prison.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was pretty much immediately separated from her daughter. Yeah. Who I, uh, Mal. Took. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she was in prison,
0: which is super sad.
1: Yes, very sad.
0: Fortunately, she is a warrior woman, she is, and she does not stay in prison.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, she does not,
0: she eventually escapes, yeah. And when she does, where does she go?
1: So she immediately goes to rejoin Mal and her daughter on Serenity. So she goes back home.
0: Yeah, Serenity is home. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And then eventually, you know, there's a lot that happens in the comics and stuff, but eventually she is the only original crew member left on Serenity. And she actually becomes the captain of the ship. Wow. Yeah. And the comics, um, you know, they're her story i mean her story is very sad it's pretty dark you know yeah it's
0: tragic for sure very
1: tragic yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah do you have anything else to say about comics or what happens to her after firefly
0: no not necessarily like it like it's not super um fleshed out there's been some graphic novels that have come out um Mostly I think due to the pressure of Firefly fans. Yes. Um oh, exactly. and then, you know, Joss Whedon moved on to other things. Yeah. So uh Firefly content has kind of uh dwindled. It hasn't it it's not coming out with the regularity that it used to. Yeah. Um so that's sort of a little bit of the biography of Zoe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What who let's talk a little bit about who she is as a person a little bit okay. more of her personality yeah so what are some of her character traits
1: well she is calm cool and collected
0: mm-hmm. i mean
1: number one she's very calm and even tempered even in extremely dangerous situations um she is always if she's stressed you won't know it
0: yeah um, yeah i agree i remember there's the episode where mal and wash both get captured yeah by a niska mm-hmm. and they're getting tortured and zoe is the one who leads the rescue effort mm-hmm. um she's in com- she takes command because you know she's always dealing with you know jane always thinks he's in command when mal's not there yeah and uh yeah jane always thinks he's in charge but zoe puts him in his place Mm -hmm. and she takes control and takes command of the rescue operation and uh does a really good job it's very successful they Mm -hmm. rescue she rescues mal and wash and uh man that would be hard to do because you can't i know she's a soldier but she can't it's so hard to emotionally detach yourself from that situation. and think clearly because that's your husband and your best friend.
1: Yeah. That's your number one and two.
0: Yeah. So what she does is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And her, you know, and like you said, I, I think you said this, um, she's the most level-headed part of the crew and it's her level-headedness that I think that keeps everybody else calm.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
0: otherwise they'd freak out.
1: Oh, could you imagine if Zoe freaked out? It's like, we're done.
0: I think I think even Jane would say, well, if Zoe's scared, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Type exactly. of thing, yeah.
1: Uh, what, what else is she?
0: She's very confident. Yes. And I think it's important to say that she is, she's very confident with, to me, no hint of arrogance
1: no Uh uh-uh
0: she's humble
1: confidence
0: yeah she's humble Mm -hmm. um she knows her limitations but she also Mm -hmm. knows she has got mad skills yeah and she's well trained Mm -hmm. and she knows that she can get the job done yeah and so she just kind of takes control and does it yeah Doesn't rub it in anybody's face. She's just like, listen, here's the deal. This is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it. Let's go. Yep. And so yeah, that's she's not cocky or arrogant about it. She's just, but her confidence is very calming and reassuring, I think.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, can you imagine if somebody like Kaylee was left in charge? Oh gosh. What kind of a (laughs) what kind of a mess? What a mess.
1: What a mess. I mean, honestly, or even Jane, come on.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jane's a hothead.
1: Yes. You rarely ever see
0: Zoe. Even when Zoe's angry, I feel like she never never loses her cool.
1: No, no. Like, you know that she's angry, but it's like this calm anger that's honestly more terrifying.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. She's scarier than Jane.
1: Oh yes. When people are calm angry at you.
0: <laughs> she's about half Jane's size, but she's way scarier.
1: Yes. Yeah. And Jane knows it. Jane. Knows oh,
0: Jane it. does not mess with her. No. He waits to he waits to start being a punk and when Mal and Zoe are off the ship.
1: <laughs> yes. Then he exactly. tries to flex. Then he tries to do things. <laughs> yeah. But when, exactly. but when
0: Zoe's there, he ain't gonna do anything.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else and what else is she like?
0: Well, you talked about this uh, a little earlier. She's highly analytical, Mm -hmm. um, she is very good at emotionally detaching herself from situations, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's because she's heartless at all. Um, I think she is a caring person, yeah. Um, I mean, she cares, her crews are family, Mm -hmm. and uh you know, Wash is obviously her husband and Mal is her best friend and she loves Kaylee like a daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, and she is a caring person, but she is for the good of the people she loves. She is very good at detaching emotion so that she can make the best decisions based on the information available.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, no, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, it's always good to have somebody like that on your side. Uh, yes, <laughs> definitely.
0: You need, you need both. Like we talked about in a little bit with how she and Mal are such a good duo. Mm-hmm. You need a little bit of both. Mal's yeah. got Mal is a little bit more emotional. He's mm-hmm. um, but Mal is also incredibly clever. Yeah. He comes up with ideas maybe that Zoe wouldn't think about. Yeah. Uh, but Zoe will also let him know that, sir, with all due respect, that idea is the stupidest. That thing is very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, and that, that takes us to, I mean, I think that her number one trait is that she's loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for example, with Mal, she will always have his back. Even when she doesn't agree, yeah, uh, like during the barroom, brawl,
2: uh-huh, yeah. yeah,
1: she's just it's when an Mal picks a fight and we'll just roll with it, it's annoying, but he's my captain,
0: sir, why do we always find ourselves in an alliance <laughs> bar on Independence Day, or uh <laughs> not Independence Day um uh, what do you call it um. What was the name of the war?
1: Unification Day.
0: Unification Day. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Why do we always find ourselves in an alliance bar on Unification <laughs> Day? And Mal was like, well, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sir. Let's just do this and get it over Sounds
1: with. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, when you think of her as loyal, you do think of Mal first. But Zoe's first, you know. First and foremost is Wash, her husband. Yes. Um, and then Mal. Um, yes. And you know that is kind of a source of contention at times between Wash and Zoe.
2: Hmm.
1: Um. But when you when you watch Firefly and you see all of it, you know there's never any question about who's first to her.
0: Yeah, I t- I totally agree. I think the only times. Well, not, okay, yeah, I think the main times where there's contention um, is when, you know, Wash, obviously, his first loyalty, 120,000% is to Zoe.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: he is who she wants, and, and Zoe the same way with him. Yes. But he is who she wants to spend time with. Wash mm-hmm. does not have a military background.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And doesn't understand that Bond, at you know comrades military comrades have yeah and i think the time that they get into conflict is when wash wants something i think zoe agrees with wash most of the time Mm -hmm. but wash tells zoe to go basically tell to stick it where the sun don't shine
1: yeah yeah and zoe
0: yeah, and Zoe's on Wash's side, but I think mm-hmm. she's kind of like, well, he's the captain. Yeah, and you know, I'm not gonna go do that. I still, you, I'm, you and I may disagree with him, but I still owe him respect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think
0: that, and I think sometimes Wash misinterprets that and gets a little bit jealous sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not, I mean, she's not only loyal to them. She also risked her life to save Kaylee. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the best parts, she punched Saffron in the face for trying to endanger the crew.
0: Yes. (laughs) That was wonderful. It's a wonderful scene.
1: That was a little treat. You know,
0: It, it was a little treat, a little treat. It really was.
1: Um, What uh, what
0: else? She helps rescue Simon and River when they get kidnapped. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, I think she's probably one of the, I mean, her and Inara are probably the chief uh, crew members who convince Mal to keep Simon and River on board. Yeah. Rather than dump them. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: I mean, obviously Kaylee wants them to stay on board because (laughs) for obvious reasons with Simon.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I think I think a lot of time, even though Mal um uh, respects Kaylee's skills as an engineer, um he looks at her as a little girl.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Little daughter.
2: Yeah. So he's
0: not necessarily gonna take her advice as much. No, no. But when Zoe is uh is like, listen, Captain, that would be really messed up. Mm-hmm. Mal kind of stops and thinks okay maybe that is a little messed up
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so what else do we know about uh well we've kind of talked about it a little bit but we can get into a little bit more uh detail on it what else do we know about zoe
1: so she's definitely a skilled fighter as well Mm -hmm. um her time in the unification war gave her really great training as a fighter in combat and like we talked about you know wasn't She didn't just fight in that war. She was a, she was career military. So she, that was her job, period.
0: Fighting is her life.
1: Yeah. So she was definitely very skilled in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the most skilled on the ship.
1: Oh yeah, I think so.
0: Mal's a little bit more of a gunslinger. Yeah. And Zoe's a straight up commando. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Yeah. So agree. Uh, what's the what's this last point? And I think is very true of Zoe Washburn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So she is all the things we've talked about, um, make her intimidating mm-hmm. to some people. Uh there's some people I don't think maybe she's intimidating to, but others, most people she certainly is, because yeah. She's, she's difficult to read.
1: Yeah, she is. She's very difficult to read.
0: If you don't know where she's tough to read and you can tell, like we just talked about how skilled she is. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so it makes her a little scary. Yeah. And, uh, so in the serenity novelization, we get a little bit more detail, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously in a book than we can in a film about maybe the, um, internal monologue of characters yeah and so in that serenity novelization what does river tam have to say about zoe
1: so she says that it's zoe more than jane that she fears the most uh because she would be happy to die or kill for wash or Mal.
0: yeah
1: i mean true that
0: yeah i think it's true
1: i mean i've yeah i would fear her the most definitely <laughs> she's scary
0: yeah jane is gonna do what's best for jane yeah if even if that means betraying people let's save his own
1: yeah hide. no true i mean brute force maybe jane but
0: yeah but zoe yeah if if wash or mal wanted somebody killed yeah zoe would get the killing done
1: yeah Definitely
0: over and done. And she wouldn't think twice about it.
1: No, not at all.
0: And she's also willing to die for either one of them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: So, yeah,
1: exactly. Well, anything else about Zoe?
0: I don't think so. I really want to watch Firefly now.
1: I know. I know. (laughs) I, I still need to watch Indiana Jones, and now I want to watch Firefly too
0: oh gracious That's quite
1: a list going
0: so hard to tell you i mean you've watched firefly before
1: oh yeah yeah
0: and you've seen how many indiana jones films have you seen two Two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: watch indie first okay then do firefly
1: okay we'll do yeah we'll do
0: but yeah i don't think i have anything else extra to add i think we've pretty much covered it she's a really cool character yeah and uh I'm glad we had this conversation.
1: Absolutely. And we'll uh, continue with our series within a series next week.
0: We sure will. Yet another swashbuckler.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, continue the journey on social media. You can email us at thefigpod at gmail.com. Remember to use your uh, Indiana Jones name uh, if you are going to send us an email. No, you don't have to, but... It was, it was a nice treat when I saw it signed like that. Agreed. Um, what?
0: I said agreed.
1: Oh, agreed. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram at the Pod. You can uh, also become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash thefigpod.
0: And please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General podcast.
1: See you next week.
0: See you next week.